DiscerningHearts.com and the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study presents Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon Doran, along with her husband Steve, are founders of the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study, whose mission is to actively seek truth and raise up disciples for our Lord Jesus Christ through an in-depth Catholic Bible study. Sharon, who holds two master's degrees in education and in pastoral theology with an emphasis in sacred scripture, is an experienced Bible study teacher for over a decade. She has a passion for scripture that motivates and challenges her students to immerse themselves in God's word and apply his message to their everyday lives. We now begin the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study with Sharon Doran. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be back with you again. Today, we examine the Baptism of Jesus, Part 2. Now, last time, we talked about the hidden years, and we know that God is executing the perfect plan through a perfectly obedient son named Jesus. And there are three secrets that would best be left secret until after the resurrection is fully accomplished and death is permanently destroyed by Jesus himself. All the Jewish people are eagerly awaiting a Messiah. They live under Roman oppression. Their constant cry to God is for a Savior and for the redemption of Israel. They know what the prophets said. They know that Elijah must come first. Elijah was considered one of the greatest prophets of all time. In the book of 1 and 2 Kings, we read many harrowing accounts of his service to God. He never tasted death, but was sent up into heaven in a fiery chariot right at the Jordan River crossing. All Jews knew that Elijah must precede the Messiah. Let's listen to what the final prophet Malachi said about Elijah's return. Malachi chapter 4, the great day of the Lord. See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On that day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, Remember the teaching of my servant Moses, the statutes and ordinances that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children, and the hearts of children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike that land with a curse. And so, we see from Malachi's spirit-filled prophecy, Elijah must come first to ready the hearts of the people for the Messiah. Now let's hear what the angel Gabriel said to old Zechariah in the Holy of Holies on the day when Zechariah's priestly lot was chosen. And he had the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go inside the holiest place on the face of the earth, the innermost chamber of the temple, to pray for the redemption of of Israel. 
Luke chapter 1 Once when he, Zechariah, was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There it is from the mouth of God's messenger angel, Gabriel himself. John is the chosen one, the one to go before Messiah. John is the one chosen to be the new Elijah. He will turn many of the people of Israel back to the Lord their God. And with the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he, John, will baptize with a baptism of repentance to prepare their hearts for the fullest recognition and the fullest reception of Jesus. John will turn the hearts of parents to their children for their own salvation. John will turn the hearts of those who were out of covenant back, those who were disobeying God's laws back to his wisdom, back to the path of righteousness, back to the straight path to be prepared for the advent of the Lord. And one last thing, John has been asked to take a Nazarite vow as prescribed by the angel, the same vow that the Israelite judge Samson had been asked to take when an angel of the Lord also appeared to his barren mother when she conceived Samson. Take a listen to the actual vow of the Nazarite that comes to us from Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6 The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When either men or women make a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves from the Lord, they shall separate themselves from wine and strong drink. They shall drink no wine vinegar or other vinegar, and shall not drink any grape juice or eat grapes, fresh or dried. All their days as Nazarites, they shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, not even the seeds or the skins. All the days of their Nazarite vow, no razor shall come upon the head. Until the time is completed for which they separate themselves to the Lord, they shall be holy. They shall let the locks of the head grow long. All the days that they separate themselves to the Lord, they shall not go near a corpse. Even if their father or mother, brother or sister should die, they may not defile themselves because their consecration to God is upon the head. All their days as Nazarites, they are holy to the Lord.
join our lecture series now and see how all this works together and how John will prepare the way and actually baptize Jesus Christ in the Jordan River. Now, John's all grown up, and there's a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight the paths. So you can imagine these two as little, little boys because Mary and Elizabeth shared those months in pregnancy. And uh, they are kinfolk, so they're related in some way. We're not exactly sure how, but the artists show them playing together, frolicking as little boys do. And uh, John's hair was never touched with a razor. He took the Nazarite vow, young teenagers. But eventually, John goes to the desert. And we're told that in Luke 1, that he will go to the desert. Some think John may have lived with the Essenes, which were a sect that lived out in the desert. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. He lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. Remember, John is full of the Holy Spirit from conception on. And he has a huge mission. He's to prepare the way of the Messiah. He leapt in his mother's womb because he's full of the Holy Spirit, and he knows. And when he comes singing this Isaiah 40, that's a comfort psalm for God's people. Comfort, oh comfort, my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and tell her her hard service has been completed and her sin has been paid for and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. John's heralding Messiah. He went around the country, all around the Jordan, preaching and doing penance, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His clothes were made of camel hair. He had a leather girdle about his loins. He came neither eating or drinking. He reminds us of another man in the Old Testament, Elisha, that came in camel hair with a leather belt around his waist, Elisha the Tishbite. So we have a new Elijah. And we know they had been waiting for Elijah to return. And John baptizes his listeners in the Jordan River, earning the title, the Baptist. I thought he was Catholic, but I guess he's Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) Challenged their pride by calling them a brood of vipers. And after his preaching, Jesus came and said he wanted to be baptized. And John refused at first to baptize him, saying, I ought to be baptizing you, and yet you come to me. John was always pointing to the Messiah. That's Rembrandt. John always points us to Jesus Christ. That's how humble he was. He knew his place. He knew his mission. All the artwork, he's pointing to Jesus. He's pointing in the cup to Jesus. Here he is with St. Sebastian, but he's pointing to baby Jesus. Even the Jews, Josephus, the historian, writes that John was indeed a man endued with all virtue. He extorted the Jews to the practice of justice toward men and piety towards God. John was dearly loved. And people were going out to the desert to see what it was all about. They hadn't heard a prophecy for how many years? It had been silent. And now there's someone out in the desert, and they're all flocking out to see what it's about, even the Pharisees and Sadducees. This is the one that Zechariah was told would go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. And that would fulfill that Malachi prophecy that Elijah would come back first and prepare the hearts of people for Messiah. And Jesus Christ himself said, if you're willing to accept it, John, he is the Elijah that who is to come, who has come. Now today, the Jewish people, when they celebrate Seder meal, Passover supper, they will always set a place for Elijah. They'll set a place for Elijah just in case he comes tonight to the Seder dinner. And the kids will run up and check if he's drank any of his wine yet. Maybe he's snuck in. Maybe he's hiding. They, they play games looking for Elijah. But Jesus said, for those with ears to hear, Elijah has come. It's John the Baptist. He's the new Elijah. Where was Jesus baptized? 
The Jordan River, very good. There's the Jordan River. Steve took that picture in 2009, just three years ago. That is the actual Jordan River. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Naaman, if you remember, in the Old Testament, he was, in the, he was a commander in the army of the king of Aram, and he started getting leprosy. And he was a great commander, and he, and he didn't know what to do, but this little slave girl that had been captured from Israel said, you ought to go talk to Elisha. He, he's one of my people. He's full of the God of Israel. He's healing people. So Naaman goes to see Elisha, and Elisha doesn't even come out. He just sends a message, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Why, this commander was so insulted. He didn't even come out and speak to me. He told me to go dunk in the filthy Jordan River seven times. I'm not going to do it. I'm the commander of the army. And his people said, just do it, just do it. What do you got to lose? You're getting leprosy. You're going to, you, you, just do it. So he says, we have way better rivers in Damascus. But he humbles himself, takes off his outfit, and dips seven times into the Jordan River, and his skin is clean like that of a young boy. Now I know there is no God in all the world except the God of Israel. Today, people still come to be baptized in the Jordan River. When you go to the Holy Land, there's stands set up. You can pay and get your robe on and be baptized again. Don't do it because you're baptized and it, it worked the first time. You don't need to, be, you don't need to pay 20 bucks to go dip again. You're, you're good. But what you should do is go to the real place where Jesus was baptized because location is everything. And that is in Bethabara. And we know that from the King James Version where it says all these things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. In the Hebrew, it's Beit Abara. It is the lowest place on the face of the earth. It is 375 feet below sea level, meters below sea level. It's in the deep sea depression, lowest point on the face of the earth lowest point on the face of the earth the god of the universe goes to the absolute lowest place on the face of the earth to take on all the sins of humanity and drown them so he can be resurrected up and save us and make a gateway back to the father it's in all the gospels it's very important because it's the start of his public ministry it's the start of his mission his divine sonship and the father's well pleased when we went there, this was closed, and you had to have military escort, and we had a small group of six, so we were able to get military escort to take us in to Bethabara. And there were signs all over saying danger landmines in three different languages, and absolutely no photography allowed, and Steve got all these pictures. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And these were military barracks from the war with Jordan. There's landmines, there's barbed wire. No one is allowed in here. And then we came up to the Jordan River. And they're building things so that when it, uh, you might be able to get in there now. Now I think they're starting to take buses. But what else in scripture happened at this exact same location? Joshua crossed into the promised land at this exact same location. The waters of the Jordan subsided and they could come through on dry shod with the Ark of the Covenant. It's called Bethabara, which means the house of the crossing. This is where they crossed over into the promised land. This is where Gideon defeated, he was way outnumbered, and at this exact spot the Lord told him to fight the Midianites, and he did, and he defeated them at this spot. This is the exact spot where Elijah went up in a chariot of fire at Bethbara. He went up in a chariot of fire, and Elisha was left on the shore, and he said, Elisha said, give me a double portion of your Holy Spirit. 
And he did, and he threw his cloak to him, and the water parted again at that exact spot, the place of the parting, Bethabara. This is the exact spot where John the Baptist will baptize Jesus Christ. John is the new Elijah, and Jesus Christ is the new Elisha. He has more than a double portion of the Spirit. He is the Spirit. Do you see how important location is in this story? This is typology between Elisha and Yeshua, Jesus. In Hebrew, it means, Elisha means, my God is salvation, and Yeshua means salvation, the Lord who is salvation. And he enters into our humanity. He humbles himself. He lowers himself to the lowest place on earth to take on this mission. And the Father is well pleased. Salvation has come. But salvation will mean death. It's not a washing machine where you go out dirty and you come out clean. It is death. The mission will include death. And baptism will include death. It's a prefigurement of. He's going to go under the water, death, so he can rise out of the water, resurrection. Same with us. We put on Jesus Christ. We say yes to death. We die to self. We die to our sins. We die to whatever we need to die to so we can be resurrected and live with him eternally. We renounce Satan and all his evil works and all his empty lies and all his empty promises. And we put on Jesus Christ, a white garment of salvation. Noah took the ark through the waters of death to the promise of a new creation, a resurrection, a new creation. Jesus is a new Noah with a new creation awaiting for us in heaven. Moses parts waters of death to take the people through. He parts the Red Sea and the Israelites go through. Right? That would have been so scary. What if the waters closed? That would mean instant death for them. It meant death for all Pharaoh's soldiers. They had to go through the death to get to the promise of new life in the promised land. Resurrection. Jesus is a new Moses with a new promised land awaiting us in heaven. He's opened the gates back to the Father. So baptism, baptism, it's like a washing machine. You go in dirty and you come out clean. Not quite. You're going to die. You want to be heirs with Christ? Then you're going to suffer. You game? So we see these icons of Jesus going into the water like Noah, like Moses. Now... When Moses got the law on Sinai, what do the grumbling Israelites do down below? Where is he? He's, he's taking a long time up there. He's not coming back. Well, why don't we just craft a golden calf like we used to have in Egypt? Everyone throw in your jewelry and whoop! Aaron said, out came a calf. And there was revelry and dancing and maybe orgy. That usually means orgy. And Moses is up there getting the law. And when he comes down and sees what the people are doing, worshiping a golden calf after all God had done for them to bring them out of death and into new life. His anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hand. He broke them into pieces at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf and burned it in the fire, and he ground everything up into powder and scattered it in the water and made the Israelites drink it. He's mad. And he stood at the camp, and he said, Whoever's for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied around him. And this is what he said to them. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each man, strap a sword to his side. Go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other. Kill brother and friend and neighbor. This is a cleansing. The Levites did as Moses commanded. And that day, 3,000 people died. 
3,000 of their own family members, of Israelites, of their own people, 3,000 that weren't with the Lord died that day. The Lord formed a priesthood that day. Up until then, it had been the, the father of the family was the priest, and the eldest son took on the duty after that. But now we need a priesthood. And the tribe of Levi will become the Levitical priest. And 3,000 Israelites died that day. Fast forward. Pentecost Sunday. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly the sound of blowing like a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, these were, there were people in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was crowded because this is a major Jewish feast day, Pentecost. And people from all over, everywhere, all different languages were there. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. But when they heard the sound, a crowd came in, in bewilderment because each one could hear what was going on in his own language. And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and guess how many? About 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000. 3,000 died after Mount Sinai. 3,000 live, are born again, a new priesthood. Acts 32, 3,000 died. Acts 2, 3,000 are born again. Old priesthood, new priesthood. Old nation of Israel, a new nation of Israel, the church. And this is a new priesthood. Peter told them, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart for God to go out of darkness and into the light by the power of baptism, by the water and the spirit. This is not a baptism of repentance like John did. That prepared their heart and opened their heart anytime we repent. When you go to confession, your heart is open to grace. Then the Holy Spirit comes and fills them and they are born again. Catholics, are you born again? Yes! The answer is yes. When someone asks you, yes, you absolutely are born again by water and the Holy Spirit. Don't say, I don't know. I don't think we do that. I don't think we do that in our church. Don't say that. We do. You're born again. And you become a common priesthood. Did you know that? You are part of a priesthood. You're a holy priesthood, a royal nation of people set apart for God. The character perfects the common priesthood of the faithful received in baptism. And the confirmed person receives the power of the Holy Spirit to profess faith publicly. I can't wait to hear you guys at work tomorrow. <laughs> you have all that power in you. Every baptized Catholic belongs to the priesthood of Jesus Christ. I baptize you. This was early artwork in the catacombs. They immediately started baptizing, the Christians did. It became the new circumcision. Circumcision was a covenant on the eighth day. It will be replaced with baptism of infants on the eighth day or around there. It's a new covenant. It's a sign of divine sonship. And it's a gateway. Baptism is a gateway to the Father. And I'll end with Tau, the symbol of the Tau, because this is a feast of St. Francis of Assisi. And he loved the Tau, which is the cross. 
And if you go to a CC, you can buy crosses like this with tau on them. And I didn't know what they were until I started studying this. The tau is the cross. In Ezekiel 9, Ezekiel had a vision of the destruction of Jerusalem, but some are saved by a mark. Hmm. Saved by a mark. Do you know when you're baptized, there's a mark on your forehead. It's an indelible seal. It can never be erased. It is permanent. The angels can see it. And when you die, you're, you're living eternally either way. Your soul lives eternally. It can live in heaven or it can live in hell. It can spend some time in purgatory. If you make it to purgatory, you're getting to heaven for sure. So don't shoot for purgatory though. <laughs> shoot for heaven. Be a saint now, right? The towel on the forehead marked with an indelible sign of new life, sealed for Christ, a gateway home. And the Christians um, that were baptized, that were Christ's followers, that knew his teaching, knew that he had told them that, that there was going to be um, some hard times coming. And those hard times came in 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. And let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, Jesus told them. And the Christians knew that, and they fled. Those marked with the towel, the sign of the cross in baptism, had remembered Christ's prophetic words and fled to the mountains. Francis loved the towel because the towel is the cross of Christ. And while there's suffering involved, it is the way to eternal life because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. The Baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Thank you, friends, for seeking truth with me here today. Remember, truth has a name, and his name is Jesus. And when we seek truth, we seek Jesus. If you are a baptized Christian, you are claimed for Christ. You have submitted to your own death to self. You have emerged from the baptismal waters filled with the Holy Spirit and a new life in Jesus Christ. You have a permanent seal on your forehead that can never be removed. You are His. You belong to Him. He knows you and has called you by name. Let Him love you. Let Him gaze on you. Take some prayer time this week with His sacred word and let Him speak to your own discerning heart as you seek truth. Until next time, keep seeking truth. He's waiting for you and He wants to be found and He wants to be invited in. Behold, he stands at the door knocking. If you hear his voice and open the door, he will come into you and eat with you and you with him. Until next time, friends, keep seeking truth.
You've been listening to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. To hear and or to download this episode, along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. To learn how you can become a participant, either online or in a classroom setting of the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study, go to seekingtruth.net. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com and the Seeking Truth Catholic Bible Study. Join us next time for Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.